Hello and welcome to this episode of Start Somewhere with me, your host, Sarah Vaughan. And this week, I'm so delighted to be joined by someone very special, that is Natalie Deacon, who is the Head of Sustainability and the Foundation at Avon. Hi, Natalie, how are you doing today? Hello, Sarah, really pleased to be here. I'm great, thank you very much. Oh, it's so wonderful. I'm so excited to hear about your story. And, and I mean, Avon is, a, is an extraordinary company, has doing, you know, been doing amazing things for women for, 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 for so long. And I was also amazed to see, and, and very proud to see you as sponsors for, for Peace One Day and, and Peace Day last week with Jeremy Gilly. So just, just, just amazing. So as you know, I always start by asking, how, do you, how did you start somewhere? You know, like, where did you grow up? What were your early passions and influences? Sure. Well, I am from uh, the UK's second city. If you're in any doubt, that is Birmingham in the yes. middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, uh, my brother and I were brought up by my mum. So single parent uh, family. And um, my mum is this most amazing, generous, selfless, hardworking woman um, and I've always been surrounded by these really strong female role models so my mum she also had a sister who is a, a force to be reckoned with my nan used to look after us in the holidays um, and you know and even now so you know bearing in mind mid-40s married two girls of my own my mum stays with us two days a week and she basically runs the show so oh wow <laughs> Amazing. So definitely kind of the strong, strong women. Yeah, emphasis, which is, which is so incredible. And I guess that's also passed down to your daughters. I hope so. I am, um, you know, I sometimes think, am I this kind of accidental feminist? You know, I never thought of myself in that way at all. Yeah, I found myself throughout my career working with these very strong female role models. Is it serendipity? Is it, you know, was there a plan in there that I wasn't quite sure of but you know now it's say like two daughters and um really feel an obligation to make sure that you know, they have a sense of their place in the world and everything that that they can achieve you know I'm still sometimes frightened by the questions they ask you know we were driving past a hospital the other day and my eight-year-old made a comment that women are nurses and men are doctors and I was like oh god where did I where did I go wrong here Wow. Yeah, it's, isn't it interesting that that kind of societal conditioning that is still running and still operating, that that is is really quite scary. Yeah. And 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 that's in the UK. I mean <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, do you know I think yeah, I feel like I'm kind of getting getting on the bandwagon quite quickly here, but um I think there's a, a tendency in the UK yeah, and in the US. Um, where women have agency to think that the equality issue, the gender equality issue between men and women, clearly it goes much wider than that. But there's a tendency to think that that's done. But actually, if you look at the gender pay gap figures, if you look at the impact that the pandemic is having on women, um, if you look at the, the Peter problem, so there are more male CEOs called Peter in the FTSE 250 than there are women CEOs. You know, it just shows that there's still a long way to go. And so much that you know, I take for granted, I still think um, you know, not, it doesn't really play out uh, when you look at the, the raw facts behind it. No, it doesn't. And even more so with, with companies that would make this complete nonsense because actually those companies that do have 
kind of gender parity on their boards um, actually do perform incrementally better. And, 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 and actually, I mean, you know, it's not just about women, it's also about, you know, like, like proper gender diversity and, 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 and inclusion. And I think, you know, I mean, most companies have tackled the kind of, we're trying to tackle gender, if you like, first, but, it, you know, it, it just speaks and smacks to this problem, which is, is, is really, you know, the white, the white man still rules. It does go way beyond gender. You know, and I'm really fortunate, I think, in um, my working life. You know, I've worked in PR. I've worked in the beauty industry. I've worked for a beauty company that's all about empowering women. So my felt experience hasn't really um, been the white middle-aged male. Um, but actually, you look around at other organizations and it's still there. And actually, you know, I think it must be really difficult to be a white middle-aged man right now because um, yeah, because you're you're finding yourself increasingly under attack. And I think we need to make sure that this new era that I hope we're in of greater tolerance, greater inclusivity extends to them as well. Oh, absolutely. And 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 you're you're completely right, of course. And and the fact is that most of those men are are parents. They're all sons, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, you know, it's, 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 you know, they need to come on this journey too. And it's, it's, it's not a uh, out and out attack against them. It's, it's, it's a real kind of like, you know, by, by being more inclusive, we have a more like productive and, and profitable and equitable and also sustainable and regenerative future for, for the whole planet. And, 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 and that's, that's, you know, why I'm, I'm one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it, but uh, you know, yeah. exclusion is, is definitely not the way forward, nor is, nor is finger pointing unnecessarily. So yeah, that, that's, that's very welcome. So there you are growing up in, in Birmingham. Did you, did you go off to university? Did you head to London at some point? I, mean, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I know London is often, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, the, you know, uh, like people from Birmingham or Manchester often rue London, you know, because of its, it, it's sort of like, you know, brain drain, which is not great. But, but the, what happened? Did you, did you head south? Or, or, or? Um, so I've, I've stayed resolutely in the Midlands. You're not going to get uh -huh. me away from, uh, from here. But I am, um, I was really fortunate that out of um, university, it's like, you know, I was saying about um, kind of accidental feminist. I was just thinking my master's degree was about villainous women in tragic drama. I kind of think there's definitely oh, wow. a theme there, even though I didn't recognise it. You're um, denial. <laughs> but, but, you know, interestingly, I think it is because I think feminism got such a bad name. You see, I never described myself as a feminist. And probably until the last probably five years, in which I was really like, I am a feminist completely. But, but I think it because feminists became so polarized and so like, I don't know, like anti and, and kind of, I don't know, there was something, you know, but, but of course I'm a feminist because I, because I believe in inclusion and because I want women to succeed and I want everyone to succeed, yeah? I agree. I think feminism is a very polarizing word. Um, you know, even empowerment of women, I think, is difficult. I think it tends to be a little bit patronizing. I think actually, if it's all about equality and inclusion, yeah, and that's not just about women, it's about everybody from all walks of life, then that's what we've, we've got to aim for, really. Um, but yes, I stayed in the Midlands, but um, 
I was really lucky that I got a job with um, a PR agency uh, that was actually set up by my first boss in her spare room and then sold into a much bigger London-based firm. So I've always had the best of both worlds. So until the last 18 months, always spent my career kind of splitting my time, um, not just between um, home, which is now um, a village in Northamptonshire and London, but also just so lucky that I've had the opportunity to travel and spend time with people in different parts of the world and different cultures. So consider myself really fortunate in that respect. So I love it. You know, so, so my own question is always, you know, so how, how did you find your purpose? And it kind of feels to me like yours was always there. <laughs> and maybe you kind of like finally come, I don't know, came face to face with it. You know, yeah. what happened? Well, I wonder, and it's, um, you know, I joined uh, Avon uh, 16 years ago, thinking I'd stay for a couple of years. It'd be really fun, you know, great value products, really fun brand, uh, really kind of inclusive and democratic. So I thought, yeah, I'll join. And then not didn't really realize I was joining this company with this incredible disruptive business model, you know, over a century ago before women had the right to vote, before they were um, at a time when only 20% of women were in paid employment. I mean, like, like that's the reality. I mean, like, 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 thank you for bringing that up, Natty. hundred years ago, women did not have the right to vote. I mean, like, I mean, that's only yesterday. This is a nanosecond away. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, couldn't own their own property. I mean, like, this is, this is just extraordinary. Well, and if you think about it, even in places like Saudi, um, where I have friends and colleagues in, in Saudi, um, and it's still extremely restrictive for women there in terms of leaving the house without a guardian. They've only recently had the right to vote, actually. Uh, and it's really sobering. Yes, yes. And I, I think I always find it interesting. Like, I think women got the right to vote in Switzerland in 1977 or something. I mean, it's, I just... Like, yeah, that's surprisingly late, actually, for Switzerland, I think. So there you are, you join this Avon and, and, and you just find this extraordinary, like pioneering company where like, you know, women could actually work and earn money and be mothers and, 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 and it was extraordinary. So tell us a little bit about the history of Avon, like who founded it and, and, and how, that, how that came about. Sure. So um, Avon was founded, it's our 135th birthday actually right now. So we're, we're going oh, into our 135th, yeah, going into our 135th year. There's a lot of cash. Um, Uh, was actually set up by um, a door-to-door bookseller, a guy called David McConnell, who used to give away little vials of perfume with the books, um, almost what we would call a gift with purchase in the the retail industry. And um, he realised that actually people really wanted the perfume and not the books, set up a company. (laughs) I love it. Set up for some company called the California Perfume Company, which later became Avon after he was um, based in the US and visited the UK and was really taken by the beauty of Stratford-on-Avon. So renamed the whole company um, after that line. Yeah, brilliant story. you know, and you know, say around about 135 years ago, recruited the first Avon rep, a woman called Mrs. At Florence Alby. Uh, first Avon rep, set up her own micro business, selling through her social networks, 
um, and setting up her own you know, beauty business. So actually, in many ways, the company is still really true to that model. It's just that the social yeah. networks that they're selling on now are very, very different, obviously. And um, the, the, we've been in um, the UK uh, for just over 60 years, um, but the, the global nature, you know, so Avon's in 70 plus countries, huge um, uh, presence in Latin America, as well as in Eastern Europe. And depending on where you are in the world, it's either a very progressive young company or a really well-known, well-established kind of iconic brand. Um, so it's, uh, you know, yeah, I feel really fortunate that I'm part of it. And uh, we became part of the Natura group of companies a couple of years ago, which is this incredibly visionary organization, which is really rooted in the idea of business giving back and being a force for good yeah. and making the world a better place. So in a really great home there, looking at people and the planet. Yeah, and, and you're in a good family, aren't you, with, with the body shop and also ASOP as well. So, so some extraordinary, extraordinary brands. So, you know, so how are you living your purpose now? Tell us a bit about the kind of sustainability measures that Avon are doing and some of the extraordinary campaigns that you're doing around domestic violence and, 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 and really helping women. Sure. So, um Broadly, I would say Avon is really true to, to purpose in focusing on um, women and women's issues. Um, you know, of course, none of this is in isolation. And you, know, you can't tackle people without tackling planets. So there's loads there um, that, that we, we might get time to talk about. But certainly in terms of um, you know, 95% of our customers and our representatives women so of mm -hmm. course we're tackling the issues that matter to them um one of those is gender-based violence violence against women and girls yeah. which in, we've been supporting for 15 years it impacts one in three women globally and those figures are going the wrong way unfortunately well i was um, about to say i mean it, it's very clear that the impact on you know of covid and and the stresses related therein have seen rates saw, haven't they? I mean, I, I, what's yeah. the latest estimate on, on, on that, Natalie? Do you have that? Yeah, well, two things have happened. Um, firstly, uh, last year, there was a real moment where women were being trapped indoors with their perpetrators, an un unintended consequence of the lockdown. So we were seeing um, rates of reports of gender-based violence going up twofold, threefold in some countries. Um, Twinned with that is the fact that not just women, but a lot of minority groups, a lot of vulnerable groups mm -hmm. have been neg disproportionately negatively impacted by the pandemic. So we're seeing the equality gap widen you know, across gender, across rich and poor, you know, in, in all walks of life. So both of those things contribute. The last set of UN figures showed that we were going in the, say, in the wrong direction. So it's one, one in three women will be impacted at some point in her life by gender-based violence. Um, yeah, and I mean, that is physical, physical and sexual abuse, not just um, emotional or verbal abuse, but physical. I mean, that, that is a simply terrible statistic. Yeah. One in it's three appalling. Women. Well, and of course, it means that we all probably know somebody who's impacted uh, and actually, through the work that we do, um, we support refuges and hotlines around the world. So that's our thing. It's about 
um, donating funds to those frontline services. And then through the network of women we have, you know, our 5 million reps, it's raising awareness so people know where to go to for help. Um, but obviously through that, we hear a lot of stories um, from individuals. And it's really clear that it's indiscriminate. You know, this can happen to, to anybody. And actually last year, we created a, a gender-based violence protocol and policy, which basically means that we'll support anybody who works for us who might need help, um, whether that's giving them time off, whether that's signposting um, resources. And through that process, people that I've worked with for many years, people I thought that I knew quite well have come forward to say, I want to be one of the ambassadors that's part of this program because it's happened to me. And it's really, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it actually, because it really brings home uh, the pervasiveness of the issue. But ultimately, it's rooted in inequality. Yes, it yeah. is. And, and I mean, I think one of, I mean, from conversations I've had with friends who've been affected by it, I mean, there's so much shame. Yes. With this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so much, I don't know, the women that I've talked to, you know, they can't express that because they feel somehow that they're wrong or something's missing. And, and like, you know, how, how can we actually really help women from that kind of self-blame, if you like, and that shame? I mean, and actually that, like, really to understand that this is unacceptable and this isn't correct behaviour. Well, what you are describing, though, is absolutely typical of, um, the, the, as you say, the feelings of shame and the lack of confidence and the questioning of self-worth that people have when, when they are on the receiving end of this, you know, when they are survivors, you know, you know it's that sense of it's me, you know, the loss of confidence and belief and you know, essentially the persecution that, that you, you're on the receiving end of really makes you question your worth and your value. And, and you know, and absolutely that sense of shame that, that, that you've let it happen to you. So that is absolutely normal for anybody to feel like that. Um, and actually, it's as simple as just reaching out. So we work with com um, organisations like Refuge and Women's Aid in the UK, and there are uh, equivalents all over the world. So we've got this network of 40 or 50 charities in as many countries where you've got people that can help you, that can help you either recognise the signs in yourself or somebody else and can help you to, to make that break. And it's, it's really complicated. You know, it's not even as simple as somebody finding themselves in, a, um, in, a, in an abusive situation and then phoning to get help and leaving. You know, it, it's never that simple. So usually no, somebody will phone a hotline you know, up to 10 times before they end up leaving. You know, it's really complex. And it's not just about the physical abuse or even the verbal abuse. Sometimes it's about financial control, coercive control. It's really... Um, it's an awful issue and it also goes in cycles. So people who grow up in a household where that happens are more likely to be perpetrators or victims as they get older. So the more we can do to help women and men to tackle the issue, the better. Absolutely. And we do need men to be part of this journey. And, and, and you know, I, I think that's so important. We, we, it, it's sort of, we need to stop the epigenetics, if you like, of this behaviour going forward, because it is 
as you say, passed down. And if your parents behave like that or people around you, it is more likely that you do because you don't know how to cope. That is your model of coping. And, and it's kind of like, you know, we all need to kind of explore better ways. And, and, and you know, people do get frustrated in relationships. I mean, you know, they're, <laughs> you know, they're not always easy, let's face it. You know? yeah. um, oh, sorry, after you, Sarah. No, no. And, and, and like, how can we help people? You know, it's, it, it's normal. You know, that, you know, we're living in close proximity with people that, that you know, things do come up, you know, and, and it's how you react. Yeah. So, so you know, Natalie, what, what kind of help can you offer, offer people, you know, with regards to that? As well? Yeah. Well, so I would say if anybody is listening to the podcast at any time and thinks they need some, they need help, then just go onto our website and you will find a directory of um, NGOs that can help you. So it's about getting that kind of help. But I think... More broadly, we need to, and, and actually that kind of help will help, you know, anything from you know, putting a roof over somebody's head through to helping them to retrain, rebuild their lives, get qualifications. Um, and that's where um, the role of companies like Avon, but loads, loads more in providing opportunities for women to earn money, to manage the, have some kind of flexible way of approaching work. And it, one of the brilliant things right now is that we're seeing much more flexibility and much more inclusive opportunity. So I think that makes a really big difference. But also um, something you said a few moments ago just reminded me that you know, we also just need to get out of the echo chamber. So I have spent too many hours sitting in conference rooms with a load of other women talking about this issue, you know, and whether it's about gender-based violence or even broader sustainability efforts, you know, whether it's about trying to reduce our own carbon footprint, whether it's about trying to make responsible choices about plastics and things like that, we've got to break out of the echo chamber uh, and reach out um, to a much broader audience. I, I couldn't agree more. And this has to be collaborative and this has to include everybody in society and, 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 and not just women either. And I, and I actually do feel that that's where women are brilliant <laughs> because I don't know whether, whether it's, you know, they're, they're just much more, in, I feel inclined to be inclusive. I mean, whether that's because many are mums or, or, or whatever, but they're always thinking about like, you know, who else needs to be involved with this or who else yeah. can be touched with that. And, 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 and that's wonderful. I agree. And it's about, it's about being inclusive. It's about not pointing fingers. Yeah. And this isn't just about the gender-based violence issue. You know, I, I think, you know, in terms of how we're all managing our lives and trying to you know, be better people for the planet, you know, the, we've got to help people to make small steps. You know, it, there's no point shaming and finger pointing, whether that's at individuals or whether it's at institutions or governments or businesses. Actually, I really feel that we are genuinely at a moment in time now where there's a big collective effort and force of different types of individuals and organisations actually genuinely wanting to move in the right direction and finger pointing doesn't help. We've got to work together. And, and, and thank you for flagging that because I also wanted to talk about Avon and what you're doing on the sustainability front. And, you know, also I found out an extraordinary fact um, from Google yesterday who announced that... Um, Google searches for how to live a, a more sustainable lifestyle have went up by over 4,000%. <laughs> I 
<laughs> in the last year or so, which which is great. So um, you know, and it's wonderful that there's, that there's that interest. So you know, how how are Avon helping people kind of you know, live a more sustainable lifestyle? Yeah, well, we we all want to do it, right? And actually, we've just been doing some research with our customers and our representatives who really want us to help them as well, which is great. So, um, so firstly, I think there's a bit about buying local and buying from your community. And there's even really simple stuff like encouraging our representatives to go, go and see their customers on their bikes rather than in their cars and things yeah. like that. Um, but kind of on the, the more uh, kind of on the business end, we are doing some amazing work. We have this fantastic uh, R&D facility um, just outside New York. It's like the Willy Wonka of science behind beauty. Um, you know, so they've, they've been, they are it's just amazing. Absolutely fantastic. So, I want to go. <laughs> it's, oh, it's brilliant. I tell you, oh, it's just wonderful. When, when, we're, when we're allowed back into the city. Exactly. Um, you know, so they, you know, we've got you know, 200 odd scientists there who are now not only working on how they're going to improve our skincare and our beauty care, so our lipsticks last longer and our you know, uh, skincare kind of helps you to kind of revive and plump your skin. Um, but in addition to that, they're now working on how do we make sure stuff that people buy from us is more sustainable. So reducing the packaging overall. And this is going to take a big shift from all of us. I think we're, we're already on the journey of to expect less packaging. So five years ago, still a lot of packaging signified quality. And, and we, that perception is changing and needs to change more. Thank so God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. So less packaging overall, more recycled con content in the packaging, more recyclable content. So ultimately, by 2030, 100% of what we produce will be um, reusable, compostable, um, or recyclable. Um, I think the really exciting stuff, though, is around biotech. So this is where yeah. we're looking at developing packaging and formula um, that is going to be biodegradable, so ultimately breaks down and goes back into the earth. And that's where you, you also see it a lot happening in the food and drink industry, where they're looking at taking plant-based sugars to, to wrap food in, for example. So that's a little bit further out, but I think that ultimately is, is the really exciting end of this, because we need to get past recycling our products uh, because we've all seen the impacts of a not fit for purpose recycling infrastructure or lack of infrastructure yeah. Um, yeah. at the moment. So, so that's the way forward. I've indeed, yes. Yes, but most of it gets shipped to Mozambique and someone ticks the box saying it's been recycled, which I yep. find absolutely horrifying. And we just shift yeah. the problem from, from, from us to someone who really can't cope with it, which I, is, is just a travesty here completely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, what... What wonderful initiatives. And, and tell us a bit about, you know, formulations as well and stuff like that. You know, uh, you know things like, uh, you know, any, any, any formulations you can talk about, you know, which, which, which are using kind of green plant science and stuff like that. Well, so we're already incorporating more natural ingredients um, and our target across the Natura and Co group that we're part of is 95% natural ingredients and 95% biodegradable ingredients by 2030. So we're on that journey. And actually, um, we've already got, we're already pretty close to the 95. It's actually getting that last two or 3% 
um, that's going to be the challenge. But lots of really exciting biotech-based stuff on the on the horizon. So we'll definitely have more to share on that soon. But we already we've seen lots of people wanting to buy more uh, products that have got natural ingredients in, and, and there there is that sense as well of it. It's uh, good for the environment, but also I would much rather put something on my skin that I know has come from the air, from the earth, sorry, um, rather than something completely synthetic. Not that actually we should um, always negatively judge synthetic stuff. I think there's a, sometimes a tendency to think synthetic is bad. It isn't actually if it biodegrades, if it goes back into the earth. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, Kate's point on, on like fragrances, things like, you know, musks, you know, I, I mean, musks, you know, come from animals, you know, who killed you know very crudely for their for their gland you know basically their their musk glands and and you know the use of synthetics have been able to completely mimic that and, and, and whatever so so yes not to rule out synthetics completely uh, because synthetics can often do nature a big favor and and animals a big favor so yeah so, absolutely yes, yeah we demonize them completely you know? yeah completely yeah. agree and actually fragrance is a really interesting area because that's quite a tough area to crack in some yes. ways um, but we're already working on solutions there. So this year we um, launched um, uh, as an addition of our faraway fragrance. It's our best-selling fragrance uh, across the world with upcycled vanilla. So rather than upcycled uh, vanilla, upcycle, absolutely. How does that work? <laughs> so, so the clever people who are able to take take it and really reformulate it and work on it, so that we're not just purging. Uh, first wave uh, vanilla pods and vanilla picking, but we're able to regenerate and create more upcycled vanilla. So, um, so I think we'll see much more along those lines. And we're also working really hard on key ingredients, cotton, palm, soy, for example. Um, you know, palm's a really good example where actually the beauty industry doesn't use a lot of palm, but we still need to make sure that any palm we are using, not yeah, it comes from certified sources, but we're able to check all the way down through that value chain to make sure we're, we're comfortable because this is where it's all connected because, of course, there's a link between um, not just cutting down the palm trees and taking the Earth's natural resources, but also some of the human rights violations that happen in those palm factories. So um, okay. across those key ingredients... Um, we're working to make sure we've got it for either fully certified or fully traceable. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, as you alluded, and, and, you know, there is quite a lot of trafficking and human rights issues in, in, in a lot of these major ingredients, which, you know, cocoa, you know, which is used, you know, in quite a lot of ingredients. Yeah cotton, I mean, like all, all of these, you know, agricultural, big agricultural practices, um, you know, are, are, are rife with issues and human rights issues, which is, which is just so, so very, very tragic. And, you know, that probably brings me to, you know, the Sustainable Beauty Coalition, you know, about, mm. about like, I mean, you know, you're doing amazing things and you're part of Natura Group that's doing amazing things, but, but really we, we need industries to come together to collaborate, to do this at scale, don't we? We absolutely do, because as we, I said earlier, we all want to make better choices in our lives and we need 
organizations around us to help us. You know, I'm a big believer in small steps and everybody making small changes that will help to save the world. And it's really important that, you know, looking at the beauty industry, and it's the same for other industries, that we try to work together because these are really complicated issues. You know, when it comes to something like, oh, am I better to have glass or plastic? Because plastic, you know, ultimately never breaks down to anything, but actually glass has got a higher carbon footprint. How do I make a decision and, and feel good about that decision? And I think the amazing thing about the Sustainable Beauty Coalition is that we can work together to help people make good choices. So to help us all move forward, uh, but also to find areas where we can be convergent so that people that are buying and using our products can feel comfortable and confident um, that they're not on the end of greenwashing. Um, And and actually, yeah, we we need to watch for greenwashing. We need regulation in that place. But um, I also come from the perspective that actually, I think most companies most organizations are trying to do, are trying to move in the right direction. Uh, yes, I, I would agree. And I, I think the, the problem is that many don't know how to. And, and, and that's where I think the work of the, the Sustainable Beauty Coalition is so important because we can actually, you know, do how to guide with, with experts in this field, you know, and share it. Because I think that's yeah. so important to, to help people, whether they're large companies or or just starting from out in their kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I agree. And actually, a Natura group uh, that we're part of have just um, announced a, a coalition with the likes of L'Oreal and Henkel and others to try and find more solutions, um, you know, both on product and formula, and are inviting you know, large and small companies to join us because often the small, nimble organisations, you know, have got that killer innovation that's going to make the difference. And I think we need to see more of that coming together to work out the way forward, to share best practice and to find common ways of doing things um, so that we're not all measuring things in different ways. It's um, it's a challenge. You're working in sustainability. It's a challenge across the industry because it's still quite a young industry and we don't have set standards and ways of doing things and de facto ways of signing you know, what people need to look out for and, and ways for them to make uh, good choices. Yeah, but but I think secretly, well, not so secretly because I'm sharing it here, I think that's a strength because it means that, that there aren't kind of things set in stone that, that we can, you know, some of the industries are really struggling because there are set practices which, which you know, have been going on for years and and you know even possibly you know the fashion industry and the way things are manufactured is is, is a nightmare you know because you know and, and 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 how do they change that whole system whereas the beauty industry doesn't have that and because it's young and interesting and fun and and innovative you know that that we can actually co-create things together and also there are lots of women in this industry which is something i i, I love i mean the, the beauty industry is very inclusive in 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 so many ways and and and, and i love that yeah, I agree. And one of the things um, I love about working in the beauty industry right now is that inclusiveness is growing. So you know, it, I think it's long been well representative of women or women have been well represented. Uh, but we're seeing a much broader nod to inclusion now. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, which I think is 
really, really, really healthy um, and long may it continue. Yeah. And I, and I would add for those listening, it's the beginning. It's not the end. And absolutely, you you know, continue to push for and, 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 and and really think inclusively in everything that we do. Um, we're coming to that part of, of, of the interview where I, I get to ask you, you know, how do people listening start somewhere? What, what are the things that, that they can do? It's a great question. And do you know, one of the reasons I love this podcast is the whole start somewhere idea, you know, going back to that thing about breaking out of the echo chamber and, and making it easy. So um, I think that, it's all about making small steps and small changes every day. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the theory of incremental gains, a big believer mm-hmm. that actually if everybody, even if everybody listening to this podcast just made one change to how they dispose of their bathroom waste, you know, we know only about 20% of beauty products that can be recycled and packaging is at the moment, you know, or whether they go onto their Um, social media feed and share a post uh, about where to go to for help. If you know anyone that's suffering from gender-based violence, you can go onto the Avon website and pick up a a post that you can share anytime. And I think when we think about making change, people often think it needs to be big. And it does need to be big, but there are organizations doing that. There are institutions, there are companies um, like Avon and lots of others in different industries across the world who are doing big stuff there are governments changing legislation but actually if we all just made one or two positive changes every day it adds up to this amazing tidal wave but yeah and that ultimately is what's going to put us in a better place you know, for people and planet as we go forward yeah and i love that and what two such great examples you know look in your bathroom bin <laughs> take out anything that can be recycled you know maybe maybe even kind of think about i don't know like like some you know wooden toothbrushes and, 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 and all sorts of things like that. So, you, so they, you can use them again and again, but, you know, and they can be properly recycled, but definitely also, you know, encouraging anyone, you know, who knows of someone or is affected themselves by, by domestic violence to go on the Avon website, please, please do reach out and do that. I, 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 I urge you um, to, 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 to look into it. Yeah, there is help. You know, that's one of the things we always say on that issue. There is help there. You just need to to reach out and find it. And that is one of the hardest things, actually, sometimes just to go on the website or or make the call. But um, there is help there to help people get back on their feet. And and what's great is that people are going onto the A1 website. So, you know, it's not even that they're, you know, having to... You know, if, if someone's checking up their social, what they're looking at on social feeds, it's, it's you know, they've absolutely, to, you know, which, which, which is really great. So, Natalie, do you want to share Avon's website uh, with us so every, everybody, you know, knows where to go? Oh, wonderful. It's um, www.avonworldwide.com. Thank you so much. Natalie, it's been so special to share this time with you. And, you know, I look forward to continuing to work with you on the on the uh, Sustainable Beauty Coalition um, Steering Committee. And, you know, thank you for all everyone's doing in the world, because I know what a remarkable kind of impact that you're, you're making as an organisation. And it's so important. And I just, I, I, I love everyone for, for its brilliance in, in standing for, for some 
I don't know, much needed issues that are facing so many women today. So thank you for being my guest today and thank you for all you're doing in the world. Thank you for having me. It's been really great to spend some time with you. Thank you. Thank you.